What is up, everybody? We are back. Like I said, I would uh, once again for another episode, two and one day of the ABJ podcast. We are zooming along here, closing in on that episode 10. Uh, it's been a fantastic experience. I had one guest uh, come down with a cold and two people have stepped up. Uh, one of them, someone I've known for a while and one I know nothing about. So I'm super excited for that conversation. But before we get into that, uh, links below for my stuff and ways to support as well as my guests. But the big thing I want to definitely bring up tonight is we have two talents uh, in the Northeast area who have been working their ass off to entertain all of us, uh, putting in the time, putting in the effort. And they also do have some shoot jobs. And that's under uh, under a little bit of stress right now because both of them have just got injured. Uh, one was working injured for a while and just recently had knee surgery. The other one, unfortunately, got hurt over the weekend, broken collarbone, is going to be out at work for a while. So in the links below are is links for Philly Mike Swanson and Adina Steele. Uh, they have subscription services, they have merchandise pages, and they have uh, ways that you can support them by buying and, and supporting them. Uh, please do so if you can. Uh, if you can't, even just share their, their stuff out, follow them on social media, give them some positive encouragement, let them know that you're thinking about them. Uh, because one of the scariest things in this business is having to step away for a short of time because of an injury or maybe personal things. Because some, so a lot of times when you step away, you know, you, you feel like the rest of the world is going to forget about you. And they work really hard to build up themselves as a talent and as a brand. Uh, so please, if you can, support them um, with anything you can do. Um, but like I said, all the links below if you want to grab some ABJ merchandise. But if you are the first time here listening or hanging out or joining the live stream, the chat is open. You can ask some questions um, as well as please hit that like and subscribe. If you're listening on the audio platforms later, uh, leave a review. Spotify, I just added a, a review tab that you can do that, as well as Apple. A five-star and a written review helps out the channel a lot, and I'm going to start reading reviews on future episodes so I can get some awesome feedback of what you guys thought of the episode. I think that's all I got for the housekeeping stuff. Also, intro music and outro music, Billy Trey, the Converse Kid, so links below. If you are a talent or podcaster, anyone, if you need some music, uh, hit him up. He's very talented. And uh, maybe you could hit up my guest here too, as I bring him in because he's a he's a great musician as well as as a well as a professional wrestler. Got to see him this weekend at Shore Star Wrestling, wrestling for the championship against Vincenzo. Let us bring in our guest and let him introduce himself to you guys. Hey, <laughs> what's going on, man? What's going on, brother? I'm excited. Let the people know who you are. I am Lucas Finnegan from Rawway, New Jersey, and this the. And in two days marks my decade in the wrestling business. Look at you, a decade in. You know, I, I, okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I, I learned uh, watching a, a video about uh, being a better gentleman that if you've done something for 10 years, it is more important to say decade because it sounds a lot more fancy. It sounds way cooler. Yeah. Right? <laughs> it sucks, man, because like I I've maybe dove into the independent wrestling scene a couple years ago. And it's insane how people kind of get trapped in just what's on TV on wrestling mm. um, and or they get trapped into what's local to them. So, yeah, like if you're if, if you're like for me, Northeast Pennsylvania, we are spoiled with riches of talent. And then some people break through from like New York or Jersey or even like other parts of PA and come in and work a promotion. Um but like I've been fortunate enough to start traveling all over the place and working in different areas of PA as well as Jersey and New York. Mm. And holy shit, everywhere in the Northeast area is just filled with talented people. 
there's there's a lot of us out there um new jersey especially like uh i, I want to say even like a month ago there was a show going on and we had a decent we had a decent crowd and we were just like you know i could have sworn there was going to be more you know you know we had a good promotion stuff turns out there's like four or five other shows running that day in new jersey yeah half the roster was double shotting to go to the other shows so it's I like think that was right. a, what was it like a bu- like yeah i i because I, I drove mike to a show and that was like when i first started like start feeling like i was getting my cold mm-hmm. and i was like i'm staying in the car just in case <laughs> and uh I, that, I think what they worked that with that night was L- ltw yeah if that sounds is that right is that the name of promotion uh, yeah yeah ltw yeah. was going on but that was a night where there was like five other things going on at the same yep. time exactly uh, well, how did you get into this incre- this crazy business that we call professional wrestling? So over always, a decade ago, right? So I always loved wrestling as a kid and stuff like that. And you know, we had a we I would have a bunch of friends come over and in, in, on the front lawn we had a we had just a railing, just that would go along the sidewalk, and we pretend that was Royal Rumble. We throw each other over the railing and stuff like that. We pretend to be some other wrestler that was coming back, that was going in and everything. So. Uh, always I, i've always loved wrestling um my brother turned me on to wcw first before wwf so i never actually never got to watch any of the like the older hogan like the the hogan stuff or or any macho man or anything like that as far as i knew the only hogan was the black and was the nw of black and white yeah hogan. that was the only hogan i knew when i was a kid so uh um, well, you got a little bit of hulkamania in the early stages of wcw I, uh, yeah, but like, like Nitro, yeah. From from when my brother was, because my brother controlled the television, so you know, if he turned it on and, and and it was on, then that's what we were watching. So when he was watching wrestling, I only saw Hogan NWO. Okay. Um, and then uh, high school, I had a couple buddies that were like training. My my one buddy uh, Nick Gregory, uh, he started training at IWF in New Jersey. And, uh, he would go, he would go on, like, he was a lot older, as funny as it is when he transferred to New Jersey, uh, they held him back like twice for whatever reason. (laughs) So, so senior year, he was like 20 and we were all like just turning 18 and stuff. We're like, look at this geezer. (laughs) (laughs) I graduated a kid who was old enough to drive to our middle school graduation and old enough to drink (laughs) at his high school. That's amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was killing it. But uh, so he would go, and then uh, his cousin built a ring out of a trampoline and some ropes around uh, like a tree and his pool deck. And he was like, "Yeah, come by. Well, wrestling. We're doing backyard wrestling." And it's like, "Okay, I'll check it out." And uh, did that stupid madness for like two years and then my mom was like my mom saw a video and was like get the you're fucking out of your mind you're gonna kill yourself <laughs> <laughs> so uh so i didn't do that for a while but i still hung out with everybody so nick is how i met uh chris steeler chris steeler vic Voorhees, uh jay blaze um uh travis blake uh a bunch of people from iwf fala uh, and I just kept in touch with them. And I want to say like a couple years down the road, I started going with them to shows and they were like, Hey, you know, if you get, you know, if we get there early enough, you can get some ring time and we can like help train you and, and teach you some stuff. 
So I'm like, all right, you know, that sounds cool to me. And, uh, but it was very crash course. It was very like not formal training or anything like that. But, uh, apparently I, I had met, uh, I had met ref Ryan T at a Halloween party in 2000 and probably two, yeah, 2012, cause it'd be a decade. So in 2012 and I was like, Hey, I've been kind of, you know, tr- training to be a wrestler. He's like, Oh, I'm, I'm a wrestler. I'm like, really? He's like, yeah, I can, I can get you on a show. I'm like, Oh, okay, sure. <laughs> so he gets me on this show at UWA elite in South river. It was actually, this show was at the Metuchen Sportsplex, and it was an eight man tag. And that was my first match. And I actually rewatched it today just to like, just to see. And I was like, wow, I was fucking terrible, but I was thinner. <laughs> so that was, that was good. I was thinner, but, <laughs> but like actually watching the match, I was like, wow, I didn't, I shouldn't have been in there. Yeah. Uh, but I let that training kind of coast and like kind of learn things on the fly. And as I went along and stuff like that, not the right way. And, uh, it wasn't. And then, so <laughs> giving you the whole history real fast, um, about 2017, uh, I was in a band and I was like, Hey, we're going to make an album. We're going to see how good it does. Uh, I'm going to step back from wrestling and uh, everybody was cool with it. Everybody understood. Um, album did not do well. <laughs> uh, and then I kept getting offers to come do like one-off matches here and there, one-off matches here and there. And then I was about to start going full back with UWA and I had like two or three matches and then COVID hits. Mm. And it's like, well, shit. And then we get our first like two stimulus checks. And then I see WrestlePro, Creative Pro New Jersey, put up a open house. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to fucking, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to, I'm going to go get really trained at a real school by people that know what the fuck, like know how to train people. No offense to my friends. Yeah. But like, you know, they're creative pro great. knows what they're doing. Yeah. They're, they got fucking champions on television right now. Yeah. Right. They have, uh, they have the world champion and the tag team champions. Exactly. Right? Well, one half of the tag team champions. <laughs> no, because both of them, because, uh, Bowens commanded Bowens was New Jersey. Caster was New York. Okay. There you yeah. go. Both of them. So, uh, I just interviewed a creator pro on somebody else's show last night. Oh, uh, Leo, Leo Sparrow. I love Leo. Yeah. Leo's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I started training with his tag partner, GKM. Oh, nice. Yes. So, uh, I'm also so, a yeah. big VSK guy. I'm a big VSK yeah, guy. VSK. Yeah. I, um, yeah. So dude, I was like, <laughs> I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to shell out the money. And dude, it's been, it's been so eye opening how much I, how shitty I was <laughs> like to learn everything like correctly. And, and like, even just the way you hold your hands in a headlock, the way you stand, the way you get up, the way you just like up and how over. Many, and... How many bookings did you take from the beginning of your career till you decided to step almost step back into a step away and then almost back in. And when you're like, you know what, I'm going to go back and do this creator pro thing. Probably uh, too many than that. I should have, uh, I probably worked at least once or twice a month for 
five years? Because the, the but, reason I say that is there's people who work for, let's say, five years, right? Yeah. And they get to the point where, like, well, I've already been in the ring. I like mm-hmm. that ego kind of steps in, or that sure. I'm the veteran status, or yeah, I've done no. this steps in. Or you have those guys who they've worked for so many years, they don't get it. They don't jump into a seminar. They won't go back mm. for training. The only training they do is at a gym. Um, <laughs> so for you to kind of put yourself back in a situation, be like, no, I'm going to go to a wrestling school and reestablish myself. Yeah, so, it says a lot for your character. Thank you. Uh, you know, it was, and it was very just. It was a confidence thing too, because I'm ne- I'm never a cocky person. Like, I'm never, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm so humble. You know what I mean? But yeah. uh, uh, most humble guy you ever been? I, yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, I I was never very cocky about anything. I was never very. I was always trying to learn more and just. And I'm a very hands-on learner. So like, sometimes, and like I don't know if it's ADD or whatever the hell it is, but like, amen. I'm very like you know if you fucking take my hand and move it for me and show me, Hey, this is how I do this. This is how you do it. I can learn that a hundred percent more than just like, all right, you see that, do that. So kind of stripping all of what I knew away. I was just like, put me in the beginner class. I need to start over from scratch, headlocks, lockups, bumps, just getting up properly. I want to know, the ins and outs of how to do how to do everything correctly and consistently. Uh, yeah. yeah. Now, who runs the New Jersey one? Uh, so Pat Buck. Pat Buck so runs. Pat- the, yeah, Pat Buck runs the New Jersey one. Uh, Brian Myers runs New York. Um, they uh, Pat Buck will go up to New York sometimes. Um, if I guess if Brian's busy. Uh, and Pat Buck, man, what a work ethic on that guy. Yeah, yeah. Tell me about it. He. Uh, yeah, he he definitely he, he did a speech at the contest of champions, and he says, you know, everyone here is doing this tryout, and uh, I want you guys to know it took me 15 years to get signed. Yeah, there's like he, never. I mean, like he's keep, keep grinding. He's really good at being completely honest and not sugarcoating anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like you can, you know, like uh, I remember him telling a story about like you know him paying for seminars that he'd go down there and they'd barely teach a headlock and then the guy would just talk to you for fucking hours and watch some money yeah so like and he's he was very realistic when he was working for wwe uh he told us while we were training you know he's like hey just letting you guys know right now wwe's not looking for anybody under six foot or six one and nobody under nobody over the age of 27 and here i was you know 32 33 511 going well what am i doing then <laughs> you know yeah. what i mean but it's it, it becomes one of those things like how much do you love actually doing this and how much do you because for the most part i'm a big weekend warrior guy you know like i like i'll book something on a saturday i'll sometimes i'll double book myself with music too like if i can if i can wrestle you know if the show starts at six if i can wrestle by eight and if the show's not far away, I can have all my music stuff in my car and just go right to the venue and then play from 10 to 1.30 in the morning. You know what I mean? So I love that. It's it, it's one of the – and I think maybe it's an endorphin thing. If, if you ever double book yourself, I'll probably hate myself and die on the way home. But <laughs> we need – I want to watch you wrestle and then we're going to go immediately to the to the bar and watch you play music dude i i tried to get my buddy uh my buddy whose legal name is tom green 
I uh, love that. One of the one of the my best friends that I met uh, freshman year of high school that I'm still friends with. Uh, I just he... watched when he when he airbrushed the lesbian sex scene on the hood of his dad's car. <laughs> <laughs> and his, and oh his, man! His fun. dad took the bus, and he would oh, not drive the car. That one, or uh, I loved the. Uh, uh, he followed the he'd follow the pizza delivery guy, and tried <laughs> to try and try and upsell somebody else a pizza, but he'd pull out the <laughs> toppings out of a tackle box. Yeah, he'd have a tackle box full of toppings. Like, what did he, you want? Did you want extra cheese? You wanted extra he, cheese? He's uh he's now like <laughs> a big TikToker. He's always live on yeah. TikTok talking. And he to was people. doing yeah. he was doing stand up a lot too. Yeah, yeah, he's oh, awesome. Man. I miss Tom Green. <laughs> but I was trying to get my buddy Tom Green to uh, to kind of make like a little like mini documentary of a day that I had a double shot of just like like here's what my day is like as a musician and a wrestler. Not trying to like be like oh look what I you know look what I can do, but like <laughs> you know like this is to do to try and do two things that you love at the same time without giving anything up yeah and it's very hard to like because like i'm in two and a half bands and i say half only because the one rarely plays Mm -hmm. but uh i'm in two bands they're both from around here so right away it's whoever books me first and then on top of that you know, whatever wrestling company asked me to be on a show or, or I'm already booked for or anything like that, trying to manage the time. And, mm-hmm. uh, sometimes it can be hectic. Uh, last, uh, last show I was on, was an SWF show and it was running a little late and I had, a, I had another uh, show to go to. Uh, luckily the show was close to home, so it wasn't too bad, but I'm very, I get anxiety about being late to anything. Mm-hmm. so I'm the first guy at a party. I'm the, you know, like I'm the last one to leave. Like That's it's me everywhere. My wife hates yeah. it. Yeah, exactly. I'll get there and there's nobody else. Like they're still putting out appetizers and I'm like, yeah. good. I get the shrimp first. Now we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you fuck up all the shrimp before the, pre- like, exactly. Yeah, this, guy, this guy's an asshole. This piece of shit. Yeah. Well, I showed up, but, uh, I think, do you yeah, think it's like, an ADD thing? How you said earlier, as I definitely have ADD. Like so I was diagnosed I got, as a kid, but never treated. Me too. Yeah. yeah. So, so the thing about, so this is gonna. I want to know. We're gonna take a sideways track from yeah, this because I want to know how they tested you. Because I'll tell you how they tested me, but I want to know how they tested you first. All right. So I think I had to do like like puzzles. Okay. And then like 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 some type of paper test. When they tested me, I think I was like in the fourth grade. Okay. I was really young. Um, and the reason I was tested is I had this teacher who um, was a very, very, very old school teacher, like to mm-hmm. the point where like, I think she got fired the next year because she called us all stupid and idiots and stuff. <laughs> <clears throat> and I'm just like, on top of ADD, I have no filter. So okay. like, if something is upsetting me or if something is said, I would just like, what? Like, what are you talking about? Like, <laughs> like, well, you say like, I would remember everything too. So she's like, you're stupid. And then I would fail a test. And she's like, you failed the test. I'm like, I know. Cause you said I'm stupid. And they're like, get to the office. You know what I mean? Like I would throw it back <laughs> in their face. But I, if I'm not interested in the topic or if I can't learn the same way, like you're saying, if you yeah. just like tell me to read something, I'll read three lines of it and I won't absorb any of it. Cause yeah, I'm not interested yeah. in what I'm reading. Um, 
and they they put me on everything and they were gonna they they made me do all the tests mm-hmm. and then they're like well here's the pills you have to take every day and yeah. being an early 90s kid pills and drugs are bad yeah. you know what i mean yeah, i've yeah. seen it all over tv <laughs> so i literally looked at them and go i'm not taking those because mm-hmm. i don't take drugs <laughs> and i my parents are like, if he's not taking it, we're not forcing him to. Yeah, so yeah. I just went my whole life untreated with ADHD. Oh my god, <laughs> so, that's awesome! <laughs> so what happened to me was I was probably around the same age, I think, yeah, or maybe, maybe a little younger. But uh, I was always getting very frustrated when th- like I couldn't like I couldn't learn something, and then like the teacher would kind of either move ahead or I would space out, and then like the teacher would kind of like slam her hand on the desk or whatever like that and freak me out. And I used to cry a lot as a kid. Fucking, I was yeah. crying. All, I was a fucking. I was cry very baby. emotional. Yeah, I was very, very emotional. emotional. So, uh, keep it down. <laughs> Be a man. And then but, you hit uh, high school. Are you a violent psychopath? <laughs> I wasn't yes. that bad. I wasn't I was, that bad. Yeah. But uh, so I wanted to punch when, everything. <laughs> so when they, when my mom brought me to the child psychologist or psychiatrist, whatever the fuck it is, um, they sat me in the room with the 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 doctor guy and uh he would ask me like a bunch of questions and you know you just kind of just all right well i'm just there's nothing else to do other than answer these questions so i'll just answer these questions and then he points out a fucking like a toy chest and he's like you want to you wanna play with those toys over there i'm like well fuck yeah i want to play with the toys you're better than talking to you <laughs> and i'm talking and i'm playing with the toys and he would ask me more questions and he would gauge my responses and how long it took while I was playing with these toys. Yeah, they gave me blocks and Legos and then they would have me ask that's so when I got tested, it was by like they came to the school and tested. Okay. Me. No, I went I to have, like yeah, um, I went to like some weird like institute type place. But yeah, they like made me play with toys and they asked me questions while I was playing with these toys, and they were just like, Well, he's not he's not paying attention. He's not responding. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you're fucking boring, and I got fucking He-Man over uh-huh. here. Like, why would I respond to you? Oh my God, you're I'm fl- you're flooding my brain back. Yeah, so <laughs> I li- they literally handed me blocks and Legos, which was a creative process to like yeah. I could do things. Yeah. And they're like, "Yo, here's how to build. Here's the blueprints and schematics of how to build a car." Yeah. And I would look at the schematics, and they're like, "So, Tony, like, we're gonna tell you a story, or like, they would talk to me while I'm, and I'm just like, Yo, I don't care what you're ta- like. Yeah. I got a blueprint here. I got a yeah. like. And they're like, which- "Oh, he he has ADD. Give him pills." Yeah. And I'm like, are you? F- so luckily, my they tried to say that to my mom, and my mom was like, "I'm not putting him on any fucking medication. Are you out of your mind?" Yep, same so thing luckily, with my mom. Yeah. so luckily, my mom was yes. Our moms were very smart to be like, "No, I'm not going to give him any medication." That was a generation too where they're just forcing ADHD medication yeah. on every single kid. Like, we did you get fluoride tablets in school too? I don't think we had tablets. I I think we had like. I think we had to like go to the nurse and like have a cup. take a. It was like a pill or like a cup or like yeah, you chew it like a chewable something. Yeah, I'm, I used to. I used to. Is is, a, is the correct term yeah, yeah. boof it where you would like hide it? <laughs> I would hide it in my it lip and I would spit it in the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is now. I'm using that thing. I heard that on, on a I'm gonna, I'm gonna I'm gonna boof it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know if that's the correct terminology, but yeah. But I would hide it in my lip and then go spit it in the toilet. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. Holy shit. That was a cool but side yeah. quest. So, <laughs> right. So double shooting wrestling shows. Right. As I say, so like for me, it's like the, it's, I think it's like the, like the dopamine or the endorphins or I, whatever correct term is it for you getting high on your own 
life. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah, yeah. So like if it it's one of those things where like if I don't if I give up one of these things, I'm just gonna feel so fucking empty. You know you what I mean? You created something and you put you put time into it and yeah. to walk away from it is like crippling to you. Yeah. So like when I when I originally left in like 2017, it fucking sucked. And I was like, granted, like I was still playing like band shows and stuff like that. And uh, got fluoride. we were all fluoride kids. You, right? There I there okay. So there was fluoride. Oh shit. Yeah. Yeah. But like, yeah, one of those things, man, like I if when I gave that up the first time and like I even saw, like I sold my boots to Dirtbag Dan. Like I was like, <laughs> you, I don't, was, you don't want those back. Right. No, no. But like, <laughs> but I was like done. Like I was, you know, I was done. And like the band I was with at the time, like it was fun and everything, but it was kind of getting stale. Even after we just made the album, like things were just kind of just falling apart slowly. And, uh, and then I was getting like little offers here and there to go back for like a match or here or a match there or whatever. And then, like, I do it, and I'm like, "Oh fuck, I missed this! Like, this was so much fun and everything." And and then, yeah. So when and because even when uh, even when the pandemic hit, it was both. So I had just left that band that I'm just saying it was getting stale with, and I just joined a new band, and I was just coming back to wrestling. So I was just starting to two, do both of these things. Pandemic hits, shuts everything down. Luckily, the new band I was with, Practice Studio is the singer's house, so no practices stopped, and we actually got pretty tight and pretty good. Mm-hmm. And then I used my money to to go to WrestlePro and and learn how to do everything the right way. And and it was and it was just it was such it's such a sigh of relief to know that like I'm not really shitty at these things <laughs> you know what i mean mm-hmm. like uh like i had a couple of buddies like when i was starting starting at wrestle pro like i i still remember how to do some stuff right and like at least creatively i could kind of maneuver stuff and building a match and whatever and and i had a lot of the guys there being like oh i want to work with him i want to like and that was a big confidence boost to me to be like you know not be one of the shitty kids in class you know what I mean? That's just like, oh, I hope I don't get paired up with him for this exercise or this drill yeah. or whatever like that. <laughs> like, I pick you, 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 and you're the last one. Like exactly. Like, yeah. <laughs> last that last gym class. Oh, I like I'm I'm happy I was never that last kid in gym class. I always like, was. Always. Were you? Yeah. I so I was always really, 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 really undersized. I okay. had really, really big glasses. I had always because i'm italian so like my hair looks always greasy i i just was i was not the most but i was insanely athletic and i had heart and determination that no matter what sport we played i was going to be one of the better ones there so we would play a sport and they'd be like yo this guy is underrated and then (laughs) yeah yeah so i would i would always get picked last but that would never happen again after yeah shit but yeah man like like knowing that people have confidence in me and stuff or 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 people seeing my progress and and noticing that I'm getting better and that I'm putting the work in and I'm not just coasting or I'm not, you know, I'm not trying to big league any, but like I said, you know, it's my decade in the business or whatever, but like at no point have I ever been like, you know, Oh, I don't need to learn that. Oh, I don't need to do this. Oh, I don't need to do that because it's, it stunts your growth as a person and as a wrestler. Like you don't, 
you don't realize like at least the the fucking big leaguers don't realize like how much knowledge is left on the table that you're just kind of you know even if it's just the smallest like like i forget what i was watching but like it was like the difference of doing this in a headlock and doing this and then like and then fucking what is it locking locking the pinky in the hand and, and, and like stuff like that like you don't you just skip over like people just like say oh fuck it who cares it's just your hands i Dude. watched a really good seminar with davy richards where he mm-hmm. did stuff like like this seminar that davy richards did was all about the hand grips yeah and he was he was legit teaching people like not how to shoot on people but mm-hmm. the difference between making submission look real and how to put it in properly but also like don't do it this way because you can shatter someone's leg. Yeah. Like it was an insane seminar to watch. That's what I'm saying. Like people that don't like, I wish I could go to more seminars. I, you know, if there's ever a seminar that I can make, I will make, but like, that's another thing. I miss out on a lot of stuff because of band stuff. And I miss out on a lot of music stuff because of wrestling stuff. Yeah. So like, like even just regular events, I remember my girlfriend had bought me, uh, Letter Kenny live tickets last year. COVID lockdown uh, in New York. They, you know, they shut everything down again for like that couple months or whatever like that. It got rescheduled to a later date. I already had a wrestling show booked. And it's like, like, fuck, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I I didn't go to a best friend's wedding because of a wrestling (sighs) show. I don't know if I would do that. Yeah. <laughs> it depends. Uh, it's also one of those things where it depends. Like, you know, well, it depends honestly, on the promotion. Depends for on me the with commentary. I feel like commentary maybe, is different. I think. Maybe for me, I don't know if I ha- if it's just an unhealthy mindset to have, but yeah. I'm always the person is like as a content creator, as a as a as a commentary, as anything. I feel like commentary doesn't get taken seriously enough already in this business. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to change that by being good and working hard at it. Uh, and, and obviously working with like people like Pete and my buddy BP and stuff like that has been a huge change. But like, well, here's, the, here's I feel the, if I don't show up, somebody mm-hmm. else is going to sit there uh, and they spot. may be better or they may have a good night and I'm never that. back again. So I hear you. I can't give that seat up because I may never have it again. And here's the thing though. Like, if the if the if the match is being taped and there is commentary, the wrestlers are waiting for that video to drop because mm-hmm. they want to hear the commentary. At no point is a wrestler not taking commentary seriously. Yeah. Some commentators on some of the promotions around might just be like, "Oh, whatever. Oh, here's this." Like just doing some lackadaisical, just barely putting any effort into it or anything like that. But like wrestlers pay attention and wrestlers are excited. Mm-hmm when there's good commentators because yeah. they know when they watch that match back, it's more exciting to them because they get to hear what you're saying, what, you know, what, how you're reacting to the crowd's reaction, how you're reacting to, you know, the moves and the build of the match and everything like that. So mm-hmm. every wrestler is always super excited for short stars. Probably one of the first promotions I worked for, Besides, like a few, a few other ones where, like, the talent would reach out to me, or they mm-hmm. would make clips of their match, and use what someone said on commentary or mm-hmm. what I said on commentary in the caption of the video. One of the first places to do it was Vinny. Vinny, yeah. like, yeah. and I was like, dude, you know how much that like <laughs> makes me feel good. And he's like, dude, not only are you good at calling the story, 
but like the way you throw your humor in there or say something funny yeah, yeah. or like because like jersey's the first place that i've really like cut my teeth on trying to do a little more heel commentary mm-hmm, um mm-hmm. but even doing the heel i don't like to always stick to the traditional to it like any commentary i don't want to be like everybody else i want to be the first me yeah, so i bring yeah. something different to the table but like even heel like there might be heel in the ring that i'll hate on uh and <laughs> okay. it's like well you're a heel you're supposed to like him like no i'm my own heel i yeah, pick and choose yeah. who i like you know what i mean like yeah, so i don't yeah. really follow blueprint like bad company i hate like and then and, 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 <laughs> like i love them but in commentary I, I i tear them apart but i love pete corvus and he's a yeah, part of bad yeah. company like you know like, what I mean? there, like, yeah there was yeah. a couple guys uh there that were fun to like even just bullshit with in the locker room like because those like i want to say like like 70 percent of the guys that were in the back for that show i didn't know yeah so it was it, i always love fun promotion i hope i hope you keep coming back to it it's a really, i hope so too i mean the like, locker room's really good and the, the environment there is really good yeah no it's awesome and like a lot of my family's down there so like and and it's hard to make you know re- wrestling band wrestling band like it's hard to make time to even see family that you haven't seen in a while mm-hmm. so like for me to be able to go down there and they had never seen me wrestled before live so it was nice to be able to oh god <laughs> it, but it was it was nice to see everybody down there you know that because i hadn't seen them in probably like maybe like two years at that point maybe now here's three. a here's a question for you just like on a mental level because i know this would drive me crazy mm-hmm. so you come into a promotion yeah <laughs> that it's they're only three shows in so they're still kind of new as well mm-hmm. but you're not an established talent on the yeah. show and so the te- the 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 like commentary myself who mm-hmm don't really know much about you or the fans itself don't really know you because they've they haven't you're you're the new guy coming in but not only are you coming in new you're coming in for a championship match and you're yeah. coming in on the main event yeah what how do you prepare for that mentally of saying like how do i win the crowd over how do i earn that like earn my spot in this match to say that i deserve to be in the main event so it's it's tough it's i think for me it was it was chad had trusted me Vinny had trusted me and I'm pretty sure Vinny was very quick to vouch for me and be like, yeah, you know, he's, it'll, it'll be worth it. It'll be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to say that like people, like I was saying before about like me getting retrained and stuff and people seeing that I've been putting the work in. I want to say that the promoters that made of that, did, did I cut out real quick? Yeah, you're, yeah, you're good. You're back. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, the promoters that may have overlooked me back then and stuff, uh, they see that I've been working a lot more steady now, that I've gone to WrestlePro and and for any for any kind of local guy or indie guy around here at least, if if WrestlePro is gonna book you, then you're trustworthy. Yeah. Because WrestlePro doesn't just, you know, throw anybody out there especially on their fight TV pay-per-views and stuff like that. So I've been very fortunate that they've seen that I've put the hard work in and, and, and everything and that they've let me on their shows. So I want to say that the, if, you know, hopefully that just promoters and other feds out there and stuff are also see that. And yeah, the match uh, was fantastic. I love you. It. Yeah. I really, really thank enjoyed you. it. Uh, I did get some notes from Pete because he was. Well, I was setting some stuff up. We got there a little later than we wanted mm-hmm. to because we we had a, a we had a lot of twists and turns to pick people up and get people <laughs> yeah. to the show. Um, but uh, 
yeah, I really, really enjoyed it. Even without knowing really anything about you, even in this interview, uh, yeah, you won me over in the ring. Like you're winning me over here in this interview. Oh, thanks, like, buddy. I, I want to see more. <laughs> like, I want to see more of you on the scene, and I, I, I hope you get to to get more work on for places that we can work together. Um, but yeah, that's the things I look at. Like on a show, it's like, oh well, someone's coming in, and they're mm-hmm. like, I know the title. I'm not being rude <laughs> about this, but like, it's yeah. a prop. It's a title belt. You know what well, I mean? Well, like, it's it's here. a it is. Like, cause I just so I just won a championship at UWA Elite. Uh, the Listen, Iron if I want a belt. If I want a title, I'd be super stoked about it. But well, in the, the grand thing. scheme of it, like it's well, that's it's. I don't feel like prop is a good word. I feel like maybe kind of look at wrestling as theater too much. Maybe it's. I yeah. feel like for me, it's 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 a celebration of someone's hard work absolutely so that's that's how like i feel like people in the business see it yeah but like people like outside of wrestling fans they like if someone was listening to this and they don't watch wrestling they're like yeah who cares about your fake fighting and you're you're holding a title belt but yeah but that person's also wearing a marvel t-shirt so yes exactly love that (laughs) um but but, yeah how you're saying it it is the hard work of what you put in and and the company trusting you to be the brand of their yeah yeah exactly so like you know if you if you work your ass off and the company sees that you're working your ass off and the fans see that you're working your ass off and you're putting on good stuff, then it's, it's, you know, the title is a reward for your hard work and it, and it's yeah. a, and it's a celebration of like all that you've done leading up to that point. And I feel like, uh, you know, and sometimes, yeah, like if it's a new company and it's just like, who do we, who do we trust that we could, you know, that we could, put this title on from the get-go to like, you know, he can really bring people in. He can, he can put on good matches. He can, uh, you know, whatever it is, like even that's just, it's, you know, even if it's a new promote, like, I don't know. Well, when Vinny got it, but the fact that he has, that's what I'm saying. But the fact that he has it from the get-go is like a high honor because I will give this man his roses. And I do all the time. Yeah. I, I privately messaged him the next day after the show mm-hmm. uh, behind the curtain a little bit. Chad wasn't Chad who runs a lot of it. Yeah. wasn't yeah. able to make it like he books a lot. Um, uh, Donovan wasn't able to make it. Who was supposed to be like the, the guy who in the locker room was going to help everybody and step up. And it fell to Vinny mm-hmm. and Vinny's not only the champion of the company, but he's, he's also stepped, another yeah. locker room leader. He's been around a long, long time and he didn't stress. Yep. Never yep. got worked up. He, everyone on the roster, he kind of said, Hey, I trust you do your thing. And, well, and he is such a locker room leader in the fact that he, he sets a tone of being proud of the company he's working for. Mm-hmm. He sets a tone of, Hey, you're, this is why you're here. You're good at what you do. Don't overstress it. Go out and have a good time. Work the crowd. Like he just sets a tone and an energy that's contagious. And he's an amazing locker room leader. Yeah, no, I was very, uh, and I, I contribute this, maybe just this drive that he has, especially that day from him having to pretty much run the show, is that he's worked for shitty promoters. Mm-hmm. He knows, hey, don't do this, don't do that, don't treat your talent this way, you know, just 
get make sure the show gets started on time and gets done on time and everything gets broken down how it's supposed to be broken. When they down. said no intermission, I was like, thank God. You know, I'm at first it depends because the front half people, the front half of that show, the like a lot of uh, wrestling shows, they rely on that intermission to sell merch. That, that's a good point. So yeah. if you if you if you're in the you know if you're in the first say it's an eight show mat uh you know it's an eight match show, that first four matches whoever's in that first four matches, that intermission they get this they can sell, you know yeah. all their other stuff. It does suck for the people later in the show because they go out during intermission nobody's seen them yet. Yep. You know what I mean? And uh, Eric Eric Corvus told me this because I remember uh, the last show I was at before this. I went out there during intermission and I'm just trying to sell some eight by tens. And he's like, so you're probably not going to sell anything. Nobody's seen you yet. And I'm like, fuck, you're right. <laughs> yeah. And then that was also the show I had to run out of there because the band show. So I couldn't sell anything. But, uh, but yeah, that it, show did pretty well for merch from what I seen. Like a lot of, a lot of people were going up afterwards and except for the bad guy. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but it's, it's another thing. Like, you know, a lot of, a lot of people depend on that intermission to sell merch and stuff for the kids. Yeah, that's a good call. But uh, but I, I did kind of like the way that they had this one set up too, where it was like, since it was such a kid-oriented show, that like there was still... I mean, if you want to say it was, those kids were bad. They're, holy shit, dude. Okay. Bro, we you so, literally <laughs> wrestled in front of like... You know when they take all the bad kids in Pinocchio and stick them <laughs> <Yeah>. on an island? <laughs> They're all the donkeys. That's literally what you wrestle all in front of. All these little donkey kids. Let me tell you. Fucking, <laughs> I was so – I was <laughs> all these donkey kids. Listen, I was – when I was coming out, I was like, all right, what can I say? Like, you know, these kids don't know who I am. I'm coming out in a kilt. They think, they're like, oh, he's wearing a skirt, whatever. What can I say to these kids to piss them off or whatever like that? And I'm just like – you're stupid. You're ugly. You're, I hope you get detention all year. I hope you go to summer school. Like, they're stupid. like, yeah, we did all that. Already. Yeah. Stupid, weird shit. And I'm sitting in the ring and I'm standing in the ring waiting for Vinny to come out. And I got these kids to, to the right of me being like, Oh, nice fucking bald head. You piece of shit. And I'm like, yeah, they're cursing hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. What the, where are your parents? <laughs> right next to them. They didn't care. Yeah. I was like, Jersey, baby. Yeah. South Jersey. That's what it yeah. is, bro. So, Alabama, New Jersey, down there. Sometimes they they did a spot. Leo did a spot with uh, Jada Key where he took him around to have the whole crowd like mm. chop him. Yeah, and th- dude, these kids weren't chopping. Like <laughs> these these kids are members of a boxing academy. Oh, like, jeez. Oh, yeah. So like that boxing thing. Oh. A lot of those kids are like. I don't want to say tr- like I think they're they might be like maybe like troubled youth who are brought in to become sure. better. They're training. These assassins. kids were teeing off. They were <laughs> teeing off. Jay got hit in the ribs like I think I broke my ribs. Get me oh out of here. They were pulling Pete Corvus's hair when he hit the guardrail. Like oh my God. they were that's, kicking the shit out of people. Well, that's the thing. So like when they came back and they were like, "Hey, these kids are beating the shit out of us." I knew not to go close to that guardrail when I was yeah. saying, when I was talking all the shit and stuff to people. But, yeah, they were uh, swinging off. They, yo, they, they had to stop the one, like, after the one match, they had to make an announcement to stop throwing things in the rings because they were throwing stuff in the ring. Horrible kids, these kids. It was, but I'll tell you what, it was a fun show. It was a lot of fun. <laughs> they were Those kids were hot from the get-go. They were yeah. popping for everything. There was no seats. Every yeah. chair yeah. from, like, second, third, every, like, every chair became just, they crammed that, against the guardrail. That whole crowd was hot the entire show, and it was amazing. Yeah, but like 
Yeah, they they're just horrible, horrible. Like this, there was Philly four. Mike super kicked uh, uh, the girl in the match, Jesus and he God. went out to use the bathroom, and a bunch of people were like, "Yo, Mike!" Like these little kids yeah. surrounded Philly Mike. Like you like to hit girls, bro? You like to hit girl? Like they were squaring up on him. Yo, he's like, "Yo, these kids are crazy." Well, that's one thing, man. With fucking with intergender wrestling like you kind of yeah. you're, you're kind of walking a fi- fine line a little bit well it I wasn't mean, like, intergender wrestling he just came in and interfered but he super kicked the shit out of the girl and the kids were like you look at girls like they were like gonna yeah fight him yeah yeah do you, no because that's uh somebody was saying something to me and like because for for a second i thought of like intergender wrestling and stuff like some of the matchups are like tessa blanchard versus you know Sam Callahan, anybody in the exactly. world, exactly. Yeah. So, but there was one of my buddies said something to me that kind of resonated, and I like I it made me rethink things a little bit. And it was kind of like intergender wrestling is cool for wrestlers, like and for smart marks and 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 smart fans and stuff like that, and people yeah. who are super dedicated to wrestling. But there's a difference in opinion when it's you got people that are like, you know, have got like a battered wife and like a kid that's gone through something traumatic like that at home. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you've got a guy beating the crap out of a girl in the middle of a ring. And yeah, sure. It's wrestling. It's in the middle of a ring, but you don't think about it in a way where Usually. maybe, maybe to them it's trauma to it's bringing back a trauma where like, you know, some kids, some kid used to watch his dad beat the fuck out of his mom or something like that. Or some yeah. mom is a survivor of spousal abuse or some shit. So like some of the times when it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's cool. It's intergender wrestling. And sometimes it's like, uh, some of you dudes are hitting chicks harder than you hit the boys. And it's kind of, it's, it's kind of showing and it's kind of a little fucked up. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. That's that, but that's just me. You know what I mean? Like, it, no, absolutely. That, I see. I'm personally a fan of intergender wrestling. I like it. I can see how you said, like how like wrestling fans like it, but maybe outside wrestling fans or yeah, mainstream like wrestling fans don't. I th- I feel like it's those those type of matches are reserved for a crowd that you know is going to be like only giant wrestling fans. Like that's yeah. the like an intergender match isn't something for like a local. You know, like, oh, we're running a, at a local VFW for a Toys for Tots or something like that. We're going to have a an intergender match. Yeah. And then you've got all these kids. And watching. it sucks, too, because a lot of these these girls who wrestle, they may be the only one girl on the roster and they can't do anything but yeah. a mixed match. That's, you know I mean? that's, also, that's also super true. I mean, like, there's a lot of promoters that straight up just don't book girls for whatever reason. And like, so, some well, girl- you, you have girls who are legit trained and they're badasses and they can yeah. work dudes. And then you have a girl who just, I'm not trying to be mean, but she's she's more like the old school '90s diva, where she's not mm-hmm. really good in the ring, but she can sell an eight by ten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then you've yeah. got her getting super kicked in the face, and it's like, come on, guys! Like, or you have her work a girl who knows how to work, and then they have a horrible match, and then the other girl's not <laughs> well, taking it. Like, yeah, well, there's the also that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and but, then the one girl's like, what? What's happening? Like, yeah, yeah. But you'd you'd rather see two girls beating the crap out of each other than some dude laying in on some chick that's you know yeah for that's just me that's just how i no, see absolutely it. you know what I mean? um let's shift gears a little bit here because we are getting close to that 50 oh. minute mark yes um what a great conversation i have, I have oh, I, this is and listen this is not the last i always tell my guests this is not the last time i would love to have you on again yes. and definitely catch up but uh 
uh let's let's shift gears into the music here what mm. what do you play in bands what instruments can you play and Ooh. how did you get into this music scene? <laughs> so i've been playing guitar since so for two decades there it is <laughs> i've been playing guitar for two decades you're twice um, as awesome than you are in your wrestling career that is 100 percent honest and true yes <laughs> <laughs> i am a much better musician than i am a wrestler um <laughs> So no, I, I was my my uncle uh, Ricky who had passed away when I was like sixteen, but he he him and my dad were very musical, and uh, they both had guitars and stuff, and they would play and everything. And my dad would play his guitar for me, and my uncle would play his guitar for him, uh, and and I always wanted to play, and I've always been very interested. I was always very interested in like figuring out how everything's you know works. And you self taught? No, so I did go to I did go to to lessons for from probably like on so from so 12 13 14 i was maybe on and off like i wasn't sure wasn't really committed blah 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 and then i want to say like 14 15 16 17 i went to lessons and like i was more and this you know we didn't have youtube where all these kids are learning how to do all this crazy shit but like you know, and I'd, I'd go to a classically trained guy and I'm like, no, just teach me how to play Metallica. <laughs> and he's just like, oh, fine. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. So. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, when I went to high school. I had met a couple buddies that were trying to get bands together and everything. And and in the first the first high school I went to, uh, they had a music club after school. So you'd go and the the, the guy that ran it was very into fish. So it became like a very like kind of like jam bandy kind of thing. But it was it's something that you don't get to learn otherwise. And I didn't realize that until I was older that like learning how to play off people and learning how to jam. It's it, it's, it's kind of like in pro wrestling where yes. you learn how to script a match and mm -hmm. how to just call it in the ring. Yes. Like jam band is just 100%. Like you're, you're hearing it by ear. You're like, oh, he's changing chords. He's he's dropping mm -hmm. down. He's playing this. Like, I got to match what he's doing. Like Exactly. This, what, yeah. 100%. So, like, I had been playing guitar at that point for a decent amount. And I played in one. I did, like, two hardcore bands, metal bands out of, like, from in high school to out of high school. And then the one band that I was in in 2000 and probably like 2010, 2011 was called uh, one brick down. And uh, that was probably like the biggest band, uh, like as close to making it as probably as I'll ever get. One you brick know down. I mean? So like an awesome pink Floyd tribute. Band. <laughs> right. But uh, yeah, so it was one brick down and we were, uh, we were, it was kind of like Sepultura meets Pantera meets like an El Nino type deal. Um, so we were like a six piece band. I actually played bass in this band. Six piece. Yeah. So I played bass in this band, two guitars, singer, drummer. And then we had a Latin percussionist to do like congas and timbales and bongos and stuff. So that was awesome. And we did really well, uh, for a couple of years. And then it kind of fell apart. I was the youngest in the band. And a lot of the guys were kind of like, Hey, life's kind of catching up with us. We need to you know, make some changes, you know, work's getting in the way, you know, families and stuff. And I was just kind of like, well, I don't want to give up. So it is what it is. And I just kind of, they 
split up and I went to look for other bands and I just ended up doing cover band stuff like bar cover bands. And, uh, I played in a band called newborn Kings for seven years. Uh, we put out an album. That was the one that happened right before, uh, right when I quit wrestling. Um, and it did okay locally, like us, like, you know, selling CDs at shows and everything like that. But we got no like radio play and we didn't get any, like, we didn't really just sell that well on iTunes or anything. Uh, and then, so a wee bit of drama, um, our, my buddy, Dan was a bass player in a different band called day one. Their guitar player was leaving and he was like, Hey, would you mind filling in for this show? I was like, yeah, sure. No problem. I told newborn Kings about it. They were fine as far as I knew. And, uh, I play the show. Next day I got a text from newborn Kings saying like, maybe it's better off. We split ways and, and blah, 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 blah. And I was like, duh, the fuck. And then I guess they took it as since the bands in the same town as a competition type deal, like you're going to be taking uh, territory away days. Yeah. It's very, yeah, very wrestling, <laughs> wrestling, wrestling right, there. right back around territory shit. So, uh, yeah. so I joined day one after they kicked me out and I was doing day one for, I'm still doing day one. Uh, and then I want to say within like the last year, like I've made up with the dudes from newborn Kings and now it's like every so often newborn Kings have a show and they're like, Hey, you want to come play? And I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, fucking make a hundred bucks for the night. Yeah. And, uh, so yeah, so now I, I play guitar in newborn Kings and day one. And, uh, Saturday I have newborn Kings and in two weeks I have a day one show. So do you, do you prefer playing in cover bands or original bands? Uh, if it's a heavy fucking adrenaline energy original band, I'd, I'd do that a hundred percent because that fucking dopamine high, even if it's just for 25 minutes, a half an hour, just playing just a crazy heavy set and watching everybody fucking beat the shit out of each other in front of you while Killing you're playing, dude, it's, it's, I miss it so much. I would like I every so often I think of like trying to get a couple of my old buddies back together and like just do something heavy. Even if we won't, hey, let's just write five songs that's enough for a set and just only play those five songs just to do something. My one buddy's band, they're heavy. And then for like a Halloween show, they did uh it was kind of like all the bands in the area got together and they either mix and match members mm. according to who likes what style okay. or they just stayed together as a band but they all picked a certain band to cover yeah so the whole set list was one band that's so awesome. like the one group of guys did all like a whole my chemical romance the one did all <laughs> weezer and then the other one did a day to remember that's awesome. and it was just like and the whole place just like a pit opened up because yeah. it was just like yeah it was we uh i, I love i love dive bar music and when dude, bands go there was uh this every year uh every year at this place called big shots um i'm a part of a production company called futuristic feels and every year we put on a uh a benefit for chester bennington's wife's mm. uh her charity yeah. And but we do the first and second Lincoln Park albums in full. 
we do like all Lincoln Park themes, and then we'll do like, and then we'll do maybe like five or six from the later albums, like from like Mints to Midnight and, and and Thousand Suns and stuff like that. Lincoln Park is that well, Lincoln Park and Blink One Eighty Two mm. were the first bands that I found on my own like you know what when your parents are like these are my music and you listen to what i like i was like all right like i listened to this and then i came across blink and i came across lincoln park yeah and i was like this is this is me this is me yeah dude that those lincoln first two three lincoln park albums were instrumental as someone who struggles with a lot of like depression anxiety i feel like i'm fitting in man chester and mike's lyrics together are amazing and yeah, so yeah, every year, uh, every year, probably like either beginning of August or like, like maybe like late July, beginning of August, we do this big Lincoln Park show as a benefit for Chester's uh, charity thing. And, and we packed them, dude, it's like, it's, it's so, I guess it, it kind of gives you that kind of fulfillment, like gives me that fulfillment a little bit. Like if I had a heavy band again and like seeing everybody go crazy and shit, like a bar band can only give I you know so, so much. many of Mike Shinoda's lyrics to those songs. <laughs> like, like, like a bar band can give you so much, you know, like if in a bar band, you feed off the crowd. Mm-hmm. Right. So if there's no crowd there, you're kind of just like, all right, I guess I'll play Wonderwall. Like it's, you know, you get kind of yeah. bored and stuff. And especially if you're doing, if you're doing a two set night or a three set night, sometimes that, that at last set, you're just like, I just want to fucking go home. Yeah. And then some nights it's fucking, you're like, I don't want to stop playing ever. Cause this crowd's amazing. Yeah. And every Lincoln park show has been fucking, you need to let me know when that next one happens. I definitely, I would love, I would love I definitely to. will dude. It's, I, it's, I, I might get drunk and come up and fucking steal <laughs> the microphone. <laughs> dude. It's, it gets fucking packked. Everyone's singing their fucking lungs out. It's a, you can't mosh oh. cause it's still technically a bar, but. Yeah, good. I, that's, I'm too old for that. Yeah. Um, my so needs. I, yeah, yeah. So my, uh, I had tickets. So when Blink One Two and Lincoln Park oh, did, fuck. they did two shows. One was going to be in New York, and one was yeah. going to be in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Yeah. The week of the Hershey, Pennsylvania tours, when we lost Chester. Fuck. I was devastated. And then, uh, two or three, two or three years ago, we went to Vegas for my uh, and for our, our honeymoon that we never had like a honeymoon year a year later honeymoon it was like four or five years ago yeah and i don't know if you've ever been to fremont street Mm, no so fremont street is the old strip so the strip that we all know now in vegas is the new strip and then the original strip is fremont street and there's a giant light board that was like eight blocks long or four blocks long whatever it may be and they play like so like all night long there's like light shows and stuff going on and then usually on the hour of every hour, yeah. they'll like dim everything on the entire strip and they'll yeah. do like a light show, music show or yeah. a concert type deal. Yeah. And they'll do like Kings of Leon and they'll yeah. play like the same six ones. The lights go out and for some reason, everyone just walking and just hustle and bustle yeah. up and down the strip. And all you hear is just the piano. Bum, 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 oh, bum, fuck, bum. yeah, Dude, the entire place stopped. Yeah, Everyone stopped and just stared at the board. Yeah. thousands of people just yeah. stopped moving and listen and watch the entire lincoln park oh, thing it was the most moving moment like i was literally on the strip like yeah like, dude. <laughs> that's what i'm saying yeah. like during during uh during the lincoln park show with us we fucking there was a we i told them we probably shouldn't have done it because i was like let's keep everything upbeat like as much as we can and like not but uh we decided to play one more light 
and fucking the entire place just like started crying. <laughs> Dude, well, how about when uh, when they did the show after he passed away and they did in the end? And, oh, and yeah, they did. And the whole anything. crowd sang it. Yeah, the whole crowd. Yeah. Oh man, so but, so powerful. A uh, quick thing, I guess, since because we're getting. Well, I mean, I'll just keep talking. I don't know how late yeah. you want to go, but uh, so you mentioned Hershey, Pennsylvania. So, uh, I got an extra gig for WWE okay. in, in February, I want to say. And, uh, it's in Hershey, Pennsylvania. And it was me and GKM riding together. We get there and there's like, there's a couple other like wrestle pro guys and stuff like that. And we're kind of sitting around and we're like, you know, they're like, I don't know if we're going to use you guys tonight. We don't know what's going on. I'm like, all right. And then uh, they're like, all right, we need like 80. And we're all fucking like, you know, pushing each other out of the way, you know, whatever. And we got chosen to be in the contract signing for Brock and Roman when he's got all the security standing in the ring and shit like that. And it was so fucking cool. And then, so they're going over it and Brock's like, all right, I'm going to throw the table. I'm going to throw the table this way. But he's like, he's miming throwing the table, but he's still throwing the table and it's still hard as fuck. So he's just like, I'm going to throw the table fucking this. And I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> so we get to the fucking segment and he launches this table. And if you go back and watch the video, like I'm there and then I'm gone. Like he throws the table and you just see me like this and then I disappear because <laughs> he hit me so fucking hard with this table. Just rolled out. Dude, it was amazing. And so we get done with that one. Fast forward, like I think like a month and a half later, we get called to go to Barclays. And uh, so we're at Barclays for SmackDown again. And uh, we get there and uh, Pat Buck comes by and he's like, guys, probably not. I'm not going to need anybody tonight. I'm like, all right, you know, fine, whatever. And then Michael Hayes comes by like. <laughs> so sick. Michael Hayes comes by like 10 minutes later. He's like, we need everybody. <laughs> We're like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so um, we, we go to the back. We're getting our security shirts on and stuff like that. And uh, they're like, all right, you know, maybe like an hour or two goes by. We're getting ready for the whatever segment's coming up. And they explain it to us. And they're like, all right. Brock's going to come out. He's going to go stand on the announce table. You guys are going to run out. He's going to grab a chair. And then he's going to start swinging. And we're like, oh, fuck. <laughs> and then so Brock comes up to us while we're in the back. And he's going over. He's like, all right, who wants to? He's like, they're giving me a chair. It is what it is. So uh, who wants to? Uh, who thinks they can take it? <laughs> we're all just like, yeah, me. So he picks me. Uh, me, Colton. Uh Ah, oh, fuck. One of the other, this other guy, uh, Yusef. And, uh, I and love Yusef. Yusef the Barbarian. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. my God. Great guy. I'm trying to get him work everywhere. Oh, he's amazing. And then I found his the other dude, the, yeah. the, the, the telemarketer guy, the tech support. <laughs> tech support I, Steve. I fucking love tech support dude, Steve. I'm actually, uh, he actually made, he actually asked me to work on his theme song. I've been kind of like touching oh, it. Oh, my oh. God. He literally, we were backstage and I was like, can I, can I just, I kind of broke yeah. down his character and asked him more. And then yeah. I found that he's part of the Yusuf universe. Like he works for the barbarian. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And the barbarian uh, support. Yeah. The barbarian or... tech support. And then I said to him like, wait, who's who, like, who's in the, cause I, like they just threw him in. I'm like, wait, yeah. you're in the match with Steve off. He goes, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I'm good. He goes, what? I'm like, you're in a, you're a tech support guy and you're working a guy named off. 
I'm going to say, have you tried to turn it on and off again? <laughs> and he's like, oh, my God. I was like, yeah. So I kind of stuck that in. And like, have you updated Windows? Like, I, I, was trying, yeah, I was trying to throw all that stuff in. But he's so entertaining. Oh, yeah. I told him he reminds me of Luigi Primo. When oh, Luigi okay. Primo is backstage, obviously, he's, he's yeah. just normal. Yeah. And he talks and he's cool. But as soon as he's in front of crowds, he puts that like. Yeah. Yeah. Like, and that's what Texas does. Yeah, yeah, like tech support Steve. Like he's just like he just starts yeah, freaking yeah. out. He puts the scowl on, yeah, and I'm just yeah. like, dude, you're in character. Like I love it. Like that. Yeah, like yeah. I don't know. I really like the character. I think when more people see that, he's gonna get over. Oh yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, like I was saying, so fucking, so we go to do the thing, and we run out there, and <laughs> I don't. Brock's on top of the, the table. He's got the chair, and we didn't talk about how he's getting off this fucking table. So it's just like, all right see how this goes and next thing i know there's a fucking boot coming towards my chest and we're fucking rocking and he just starts fucking you know, chairs everywhere and he fucking hits me again and he hits me another time and he goes over he hits yousef twice on the ramp he comes back he gets a brand new chair and he's like who wants another I'm like oh i guess i'll get up and he gives me another one and i'm like oh jesus the things i will do for this business you've been beat up twice by brock that's sick and and the first time I remember that. So the first time when we were going out to do it, Vince walked by, and Vince goes, "Don't let Brock give you any shit." Yeah, 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 <laughs> right, like, Vince. Sure, sure. But the, yeah. but but it's dude, like stuff like that's like a once in a. To me, that was something that I thought was once in a lifetime, and it happened twice in two months. Yeah, I asked Leo <laughs> this question when you're backstage at AEW or WWE. Mm. Uh, like, is it? Like in your brain, you're like, I would be like Mark moment, like, oh my god, look who's it like right next to me in catering. But like the whole time, you're gonna be like, yeah, I'm cool about this. I'm really well, the cool first, so the the first time I did it, we didn't get used. Nobody got used except for Leo. That was actually the day that Leo wrestled Omas. Yeah. So we were all there in the back that day when he did that. Um, me, I was smiling like a kid in a fucking candy store. Yeah, I, I was just, I, just I, everywhere. I, I was like, oh my god, look where we are. This is amazing. And uh, funny story, I accidentally crop dusted Liv Morgan. Love that. Yeah, she. I didn't know. I didn't know that anybody was coming around the corner. I was just like, oh, this farts really got to fucking. I really got to get rid of this. And I farted, and next thing you know, Liv Morgan comes around the corner. I'm just like, hi. And I'm. I said hi because I knew then she would say hi and not be able to inhale. So <laughs> I think Smart I saved right. myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's a, that's a that's a prestige move right there yeah yeah listen what what else where where else would you learn this information the abj podcast you know right how, how getting beat up by brock lesnar and yeah. crop dusting live more. yes if you're ever gonna fart in someone's vicinity make sure you say hi to them so they can talk and not breathe it in there you go that is a that is a pro move right there um <laughs> I, I remember when leo took the power bomb into the cage by warlow oh, and God. he fell in yes! between the kids I was Never like, to be Yoda's, seen again. I was like, he's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he went into a fucking another universe. <laughs> I was like, no, the next day is when he worked Shore Star. And I was like, are you oh. good? He goes, he goes, that was crazy. <laughs> so when he first, I don't know if you ever, you ever see the video he made when he first won the belt? Like when, like he, um, he, he, he crowned no. himself in Rio. So he made a video like, I'm crowning myself the champion in Rio, but I have to go beat somebody to make it official. Yeah. And then he found this guy on the side of the road picking up trash with like a, a safety vest on. 
that was me. Oh, that's fantastic. The, it's the only bump I've ever taken in wrestling. And I took in the kneecap, the, the kneecapitation by Leo and he pinned me. And I like, I never sold. I never took, taken a bump. Like, yeah. did it look good? He goes, it looked fine. But yeah, that's I was good. my only bump in wrestling. I did it for Leo. Sometimes Scott. it's all you need. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man, I, I want to thank, is there anything that we didn't cover? You want to get out there? Um, uh, I think we got a decent amount of shit. I mean, like I, uh, I definitely want to have you back because we can, we can definitely talk longer. Yeah, there's so much things we could talk about. Um, if anyone has anything in the chat that they want to ask before we get out of here, please ask it, and we'll we'll get your questions in. If it's your first time, please hit that subscribe button. We're trying to hit those those that one k. I know that's a long way away, but even if we could hit like 500, 400, subscribe, yeah, subscribe. hit that subscribe. Uh, leave a review if you're listening back on any social media smash, platforms. And, smash the like button. Yeah, smash it. Um, and smash all social like. media, uh, you can find me in my links below as well as as well as uh, Lucas's fucking, links. Fucking smash it. Did you see Brock on Pat McAfee? Did you watch that interview? <laughs> yeah. Austin. Or he's just like, he smashes the table. <laughs> he's like, I, I dare somebody. And I dare goes, someone to jump the barricade. Bro, I fell in love with him this this whole last run of lesnar i Dude, absolutely i'm a mega what, fan like, when i was when i was there and like when we were doing this stuff with brock and he was he was a good brother yeah. it was because you know you always heard like you know shit like dirt sheet stuff and you're like oh brock's a fucking dick and stuff backstage and, blah, blah. and i go there and he's he's shaking all of our hands hey guys thank you great job out there we're like what the fuck are you guys talking about he's a nice guy yeah yeah <laughs> there is some i i i've I will say the experiences I've had in wrestling meeting people, there's a few people who are just like standoffish who don't give a shit who they're around. And then there's some people who are just absolute sweethearts. It's just, I guess it's how much the wrestling business has made you bitter. I, you know, it's, I wouldn't say that it's just who you are as a person. Cause like, there's some vets I met who like, I would go up and just say hi. Like even yeah. at the like a con, I'm like, Hey, I'm just hosting you. Yeah. You know, how you doing? And they're just like, yeah, like, like just give me the get away from me face. I'm like, cool, thanks. You've yeah. been my hero my whole life, and you couldn't even say hi to <laughs> never, me. Never, never meet your heroes. Yeah. No, I, so for me, like I, I was, I was always pretty pessimistic, and I was always pretty kind of not standoffish, but like an introverted extrovert. Like I like going out, but I like to be left alone. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So like, especially even like shows and stuff, like uh, and like band stuff. Like you know, we take a break between sets. I take a walk. You know, I, you know, if my girlfriend's not there to like hang out with and just like have beers with, and I don't want to be bothered, I'm go outside. So no people just leave me alone. You know what I mean? Hey, what's play? What are you playing next set? You playing any Bon Jovi? No, go fuck yourself. Like, yeah. <laughs> actually, I'm playing all Bon Jovi next. Only set, so. Bon Jovi. This so is you're in for a treat, and then never yeah. play a second of Ju- Bon Jovi. Just for you, I'm, we're playing the discography the yeah. entire next set <laughs> that's yeah, what i would all, say <laughs> we're playing we're playing slippery when wet all three sets yep <laughs> <laughs> start to finish no i no just like sometimes you just kind of want to be left alone but like i've kind of gotten like a lot better at just kind of like just hanging out and just being nice to, just be nice to everybody yeah like you know let's you know that's the if you smile at somebody they smile back mm-hmm. and then you know whatever mood they're in they fucking change their mood just be a nice fucking person. Yeah. You know what I mean? All right. Well, that, that'll wrap it up here for the, uh, episode nine of the ABJ podcast. Lucas, thank you once again for doing this. I had an absolute blast. It's crazy. Like last minute replacement interview. We had maybe a five, 10 minute conversation backstage at <laughs> short star. 
and it led to probably one of my longer interviews. Then we probably could have gone another hour. No oh, we could, de- we, we could definitely keep going. Yeah, we're two ADHD <laughs> kids that love music and professional wrestling. Yes. We, didn't even, we didn't even get into probably nerdum stuff that we're into. No, uh, not at all. We'd be here all day. But oh, I yeah, had no. an- Power Rangers, uh, the fucking Power Rangers yep. and stuff, and JDF. I don't, I don't have my jacket here, but I have a, oh. I have a jacket I rock, and it has it's covered in patches. And yeah. from shoulder to shoulder is the original members of the power rangers and then right on my breast like on the back yeah. part like on the side is yeah. the green and white ranger oh dude i if you want to look this up after we get done with this i used to make a uh, videos on youtube when youtube was like brand new of just doing goldar's voice but saying horrible things overdubbing it in old <laughs> power rangers episodes you remember like, the, oh, the power rangers <laughs> you remember the old uh ninja turtle redubs Oh yeah, they were called uh, yeah. or like the the, the X Men ones where people yep. adopt, like bitch, what do you think I am? I'm the yeah, Juggernaut. Or, 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 like, or, I, I, I gotta uh, love those. The GI Joes, pork chop yeah. sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> so good, but uh, thank you so much. We no, definitely have to do this again. You are on the list to come back. Um, please, please, people that I work for that listen to this, book this man. He book is me. so much fun. Yes, I'm trying so hard to get more of the Jersey people who I think are absolutely gems in this business to get more opportunities in like PA and all these oh, other so. places because you guys are so good down there. And I, I feel like Thanks, more man. people need to understand what's happening in Jersey. Uh, and it's I could literally sit here all day and rattle them all off. Like just watch Shore Star Wrestling. That whole yeah, roster yeah. just top notch. Um, but thank you again. Uh, we'll close out of here. Like once again, like, subscribe, leave a review so we can read it off next podcast. Uh, clips will be coming very soon of this on social media. I have like four, like every week I do one full ep- week of just the clips from another episode. Nice. But so next week will be like, I think episode five and then six. So it'll be a little <laughs> bit to your clips, but there will be clips coming. Uh, I'm a one man band. So give me some time here. I got you. But um, when the sanctuary reopens, yeah, we'll get you in the sanctuary. That'd be cool. Ooh, what's the sanctuary? The sanctuary is an old church converted into a wrestling studio. Oh, what? And it's all like pretty much about safety and getting everything done. But the only problem is they make really no money, so there's no uh, pay. But you get real, you get really cool footage, and it's a really cool experience. I'll I'll do that, and I'll also bring my guitar stuff so I can just say I played in a church. Yes. <laughs> and then after sanctuary, we can go to Pottsville, which is like thirty minutes away, and we'll go to Deppin's Brewery. Yes. You know what else I want to do? I want to learn how to play the fucking Star Spangled Banner so I can start playing some fucking openings. You know what I mean? That'd be dope. That'd right? Be dope. <laughs> but uh, we'll close this one out because we, we will absolutely keep going. Here's some Billy Trey. We're out of here.